ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Safeguard Insurance Studios. Your hosts, Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, your source for Arkansas high school sports. You are now between the mats. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Between the Mats. I am Matt McJunkins. Alongside me is my man, Matt Wilcox. Matt, how you doing today? Good, Junk. We're getting closer and closer. Oh, and I, I'm getting more excited. <laughs> I can't hardly contain myself. Woo, we got to watch a little scrimmage Friday night. Yeah, a little blue-white scrimmage. That's right. I got to go to a peewee jamboree yesterday. Oh, that's always like hurting cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, you think you take two schools or two groups of eight-year-olds and it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Take about eight different <laughs> groups of eight-year-olds and then throw about eight groups of four or uh, nine-year-olds with right. them, too. Yeah. <laughs> Mass chaos. Yeah, it was it was a blast, though. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't hot early. Sure. Fortunately, you know, fifth and sixth grade went after lunch. Right. Or after, I say after lunch, but the afternoon session, and, of course, it was hotter then. But, man, it was fun. And it, it's football. That's right. Any football is good. That's right. That's right. Except preseason NFL. That's bad football. <laughs> that is bad football. <laughs> This is hard to get into. I mean, you got a bunch of no names trying to earn a spot, but it's just—I don't know. I know. I mean, I, you know, it's—you would think it would be entertaining because it's guys that are better than the guys sure. your average college player. Yeah, but, but it just doesn't not. matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't count for anything. I mean, you, those guys are out there fighting for their lives, right. and we're out here going. Wonder if Rogers is going to get to play. <laughs> Oh. By the way, Jordan Love had a good game he yesterday. Did. He did. So, I'll go ahead and tell on myself right now. Yeah. Since we're talking about right. NFL, all right? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming on. I'm coming on there to uh, to let everybody know that I'm embarrassed. As well, you should be. <laughs> you know, I've always kind of proud myself off of not spreading things that are just not true or <laughs> that are. Let me say this, catching the things that are ridiculous and not giving them credit or giving them any attention. And where I'm going with this is Friday night after the the Greenbrier scrimmage, right, where I'm at the house, I'm watching TV and, and my phone, and I'm playing again. Part of the problem is I'm playing on game on my phone, right, and it's a little sidetracked, and all of a sudden I get this uh, notification pop, pops up, says uh, Tua retired. Obviously, it's got to be like ESPN, right? Because it popped up on a notification, right? Sure. So I I pull it up real quick, and it's uh, it's it's got the the Sports Center logo on it, and then it says Tua retired, uh, to first year of whatever to you know second year after his first rookie season, uh, is retired, and then below that, it says uh, he, he it's a statement, right? It says that he. <laughs> I've decided that I, I'm picking marijuana over the football. <laughs> and so I'm like, this is nuts, you know? And I, and I, so I text Matt. I was like, dude, dude, retired. <laughs> and, and, and he's busy, you know, Cooper's been playing. They're on their way home getting, you know, so he didn't respond immediately. And I'm like, so I send the next day. He said, he's going to pick marijuana over football. <laughs> and so Matt, a little while later, I get a text from Matt. I said, his words were, this has been a crazy year, and a lot of crazy things have happened. But that's probably the craziest thing I've ever heard. 
And about 10 minutes later, I realized this is satire. That Sports Center logo had a BC and it. it was Barry Center. <laughs> and I bit hook the line hook line sinker. sinker. So I'm over here spreading it that two is picking marijuana over football and he's done. I, I just want to apologize to the world. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Well, at least you get, didn't get on the podcast and, and announce that. <laughs> it's a good thing because if, if it had been time. I was prepared. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was real. Oh man. Oh, so anyway, so tell us what we got this week. So yeah, so this week we're uh, we're a week out. We're a little bit late on three A preview. Uh, Mister McJunkins had uh, an, an illness last week that he couldn't shake, so it oh. put us behind a little bit. Let me tell you something. When when babies cry because they have ear infections, feel bad for them. <laughs> Because it's real. Because they, they really hurt. I promise you. <laughs> so we are previewing 3A football these next two episodes, which are episodes 9 and 10. Today we will talk about 3A 1, 2, and 5, and we're splitting them up a little bit different this week just due to the uh, interviews that we've got. But we do have some dandies this week for you. So we'll start with 3A1. Um, last year, Charleston had a fantastic year, as they typically do. A great program down there at Charleston. The Tigers finished 9-3 and overall, 7-0 and in conference. Finished with a, uh, another conference championship under their belt. Greenland had a good year last year as well, finishing second with 9-3 and record, 6-1 and in conference. Cedarville finished in third with 8 and 3 record, 5 and 2 in conference. Lincoln finished in 4th. I'm sorry, I had that backwards. Lincoln finished 3rd, Cedarville 4th. Lincolnville Lincoln was 6 and 6 overall, 3 and 3 in conference. Then you had West Fork finishing 5th with 5 and 6 record, 3 and 4 in conference. Mansfield actually finished 8th last year with a 1 and 9 record, 0 and 7 in conference. And then Lavaca was 7th at 1 and 7. They did not compete in the playoffs. Um, and then Hackett was 5 and 5. So, I'm going to have to tell another story. Oh, Lord, here we go. Because we're going to two, right? 3A2? Yeah. And uh, Harding Academy, who was the state champion last year. Right. right? They're at the top of that conference. And a uh, good, good, you know, good friend, you know, Neil Evans, the coach over there, played played against him in high school. He's a little, he's a couple years younger than me, so I would have probably been a senior when he was a, a sophomore. And then, uh, then we played together at Harding. Uh, he he was a little bit behind me there, right. you know, and and so, uh, but he was there. He was starting off as a lineman after I graduated, uh, and then he's you know young young guy. You know, started six years ago over at Harding Academy, so he's he was a young guy right. taking a big coaching job, and it's done extremely well. So what I got to tell myself is, apparently, I just wasn't a good week. <laughs> last week you were off a little last you know week. i had an ear infection my 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 inner balance was just it was it was gone yeah it, it happens we had a very good interview with coach uh evans yeah. <laughs> it was great i mean it was really good yeah. he really did a great job and i really didn't record him <laughs> i recorded me and matt about was, about halfway through a little, little more than halfway through the interview i look over at junk and he's just got this bewildered look on his face like he just lost his puppy and i look at him like what's going on and he said it's not recording <laughs> but but i wasn't sure <laughs> like it was like it was still coming up like right. what what was trick tricking me was that 
I could see I could it was showing the the volume moving mm-hmm. as he was talking. So I'm like, well, we might still be okay. Yeah, but we weren't. No, we were not. It was funny. So the good news is is we do have an interview with him. <laughs> but uh, so he called me like yesterday, and we we uh, which was a great visit. We visited probably 20 minutes and just talked about Southwest Arkansas. You know, yeah. growing up and, and family and and the things that we got from there and mm-hmm. what we miss about there. But uh, I said. Coach, I was actually in to call you. I said, uh, are you busy tomorrow? <laughs> it's Sunday, right? You know, is, are you busy tomorrow on Sunday afternoon after church? I said, well, th- I started it with the, this has only happened once ever. <laughs> he goes, you didn't record it, did you? I said, well, I recorded it. I just didn't record you. <laughs> I said, I recorded me and Matt. You could hear us just fine. Right. But it's like, tell us, oh, coach, how's it how, What do you think about the season? <laughs> yes. So, anyway, we have a great one. Yes, we do. And thank him for taking yes. some more time out. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, impressive guy, man. Oh, super impressive. You know, it's funny because I knew him then and now I know, and now getting to know him more now, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's funny because you you think about people you knew when you were younger as the people that they were when they were younger, sure. and so you you know when you think about college kids you think about college kids and that wasn't a bad thing for Neil sure. I mean he was a good guy yeah but it's just like this is a grown man and, you know a leader of a football team and it's it's just really cool sure so anyway we'll go to that interview now Harding Academy head coach defending state champion coach two time two time defending state champion coach Neil Evans. All right, we're live here with Coach Neil Evans from the Harding Academy Wildcats. Coach Neil, how you doing? Doing well. Doing very well. Good, good. I got Matt Wilcox over here with me. Um, you know, Matt, I grew up uh, in the, just just across the, the county. Well, actually, they're they're other county over, but uh, we were rivals, Mineral Mineral Springs and uh, Murfreesboro, and then we get to Harding, and we're both at Harding and uh, both play at Harding. Right, right, and then. Uh, I graduate and I go to work for a bank that his his grandfather is on the board for, and uh, it's just funny how when you get later in life how there's so many different connections. Right. But uh, Neil's the the head coach at Harding Academy and uh, very successful. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so, all right, so Neil, just tell us uh, how long you been there. Uh, I'm starting year six. Year uh, so six. My first fall was 2016. Okay, okay. And uh, how many state championships in six years? Uh, two. Two. So, two, two, two in 2019, row. 2020. That's yeah. right. Yes, sir. Pretty good odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Coach, you, uh, you're you coming off a, a heck of a year with a state championship. Uh, you got 27 consecutive games. Uh, if you would, just talk to us about your team last year and, and kind of your run through, um, you know, regular season and then the victory in the championship. Yeah, so – um, I, I felt like last year uh, we had the best offensive line. I've, I've, I've been able to coach in my, my time as a coach, not just at Harding Academy. And I think uh, we realized that in the season, but really as we kind of reflected back, uh, that, that really was the, the centerpiece of it all. And I know that uh, Caden Sipe and Ty Duggar's name got mentioned a, a great deal, but I think our offensive line was, uh, was elite in talent. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with the with the previous two years. Um, you know, in 2019, we had a we had a 
uh, a really, really tough draw. Uh, you know, had to play uh, Newport in the second round. Then we played McGee, and then we played Prescott at Prescott in the semis, and uh, obviously played Osceola in 2019. And so uh, that year, um, we certainly felt like we had been through the gauntlet because we had out. And then in 2020, um, you know, having some off games uh, due to COVID, uh, and then due to, to some conference opponents moving to eight man, uh, we felt like the season was a, was a little bit easier in 2020 than in 2019, even though it was, you know, obviously the year that we're all trying to navigate COVID. Sure. Uh, but just just but but having some off weeks allowed for us to to kind of heal and um, be able to kind of I don't know it was just it was it was actually really good for us. And so that playoff run, uh, we get a bye week and then we have a first round forfeit. So we got two weeks between week ten and our first playoff game to really kind of heal before we go on that run. Um, and so uh, it was obviously a magical time to to be a wildcat, whether as a coach or a or a player. I mean, it's just it's, it's unbelievable what high school football does for a school and for a community. And it just, uh, I just think it breathes life uh, into you know, almost everybody. You know, it gives them, it gives people something to talk about at work. It gives people, um, it gives them a time, something to look forward to, something to come together over. And, um, you know, for a little while, we kind of all forget about uh, some of the problems in the world. Uh, on Friday night, and sure. that's, that's fun. And so uh, it was It was awesome to be able to give that to our, to our fans, to our school, and certainly our players. Coach Evans, you know, coaching at a place like Harding Academy where, I mean, you, 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 can't, you can't think back as far as they've had success. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. decades. And uh, mm-hmm. the uh, – in a lot of ways, I know that's probably uh, – a huge uh, boost for people buying in, you know, community buying in, kids buying in, because uh, sure. they want to be a part of that. But then also, hey, you know, it's got to have. There's got to be a little added pressure there. I mean, you got you're stepping in. I mean, hey, you're you're especially six years ago. You're you're a pretty young coach. I mean, sure. you know, I, I like to think myself is just now starting to get old, <laughs> and he's a couple years younger than me. So, uh, tell us what it's like to be. In a, in a in a place that has had so much success for so such a long time, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said that that I don't notice those things and that I'm I'm bigger than the emotion and the feeling that that brings. That would that would be a lie. Um, I, I feel it, um, and I think there's just like most things, there's a there's a healthy balance there, and I've been fortunate uh, to to have a friendship and a mentorship uh, with a guy named coach Bill Barden and who's, his name is on the field house uh, where I go to work every day. And, and um, coach B as we like to call him is uh, probably one of the finest people I've ever met. And uh, he really laid the groundwork and dug the well that we're all drinking from now on how you treat people, uh, how you play the game, how you treat your players, how you treat your opponent. Um, and one of the great things about his legacy and, and the way that he has uh, kind of laid the format for Harding Academy football is he's given us all something a little bit bigger than wins to ground ourselves to, you know. And, um, you know, the, the people that talk to me about Coach B that played for him, they've yet to mention a game. They don't talk about games 
talk about scores. Uh, they may tell a practice story, but they talk about not wanting to disappoint him the way he made them feel. And they usually have some sort of story that surrounds uh, some move that he made or some something he said or did uh, that was atypical and showed extreme character. And when you know when I go down the rabbit hole, you know, you know the season grind. I've looked at the same film for the millionth time, and you know I'm. I'm my mind's playing tricks on me and, you know, the world's unraveling and can we do it? And, you know, all those things that are going on, who's mad at me, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's a legacy like Coach B has, has left for all of us um, in the way that we go about doing things that all will, can always bring me back uh, to why I got into this and, and, um, and what's most important. And so, uh, I, I am at a unique place, and I do think Harding Academy uh, does not shy away from, from wanting to do well in football. Um, but it's never about uh, – the measuring stick is never about wins. Um, and I, I firmly believe that if you do right by the players and you do right by the coaches uh, and you're truthful and honest, even though that's uncomfortable, um, good things happen. Now, that may not always be wins. Um, but it allows you to have some peace and, and, and be able to sleep at night. Coach, that's pretty awesome to have a guy like that that you can lean on and, and look back to and, and just what a legacy that he's left. You know, we think about Coach Bowden that we just lost the last couple of weeks, and you think right. about the, the stories you hear about him. Of course, he was uber successful at Florida State, but it was about his character and, and what he meant to players that, that everybody remembers the most. That's right. So, looking into this season, Coach, you got a, a new signal caller, a guy that's got some big shoes to fill um, coming in after Caden Sipe, who put up some crazy numbers there at Harding Academy. But Cade Smith's a heck of an athlete. I know you're excited about him. So, talk to us about your offense this year. Yeah, I'm excited about Cade. I think his, his commitment to Razorback baseball speaks for his athleticism. Um, you know, he is. Uh, a second-generation Wildcat. His dad played quarterback there in the early 90s, and then his, his brother Reed, who Matt will know well. I'm sorry, his uncle Reed, uh, Kate's dad's brother, uh, was a Wildcat and then went on to be a very good player for Harding University. And uh, I think Reed coaches in Monticello now. But anyway. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, yeah, and so Kate is very much understands what it means to, to, to be a Harding Academy football player. Uh, I do think he brings a, a unique element in, in, in his legs. And Caden Sipe certainly uh, was athletic enough to extend plays and even, even pick up yards on called runs. But, uh, you know, I think Cade poses, uh, poses some problems for opponents just, just with his ability to run. He's a very strong athlete. Uh, I feel good about our running back position and Andrew Miller back for a third season uh, after – uh, rushing for 1,300 yards last year. Uh, just a dynamic player. He's a very good blocker. Catches the ball exceptionally well. Um, so our ability to move him around and create matchup problems, I think, is a uh, is is a is a big factor and something that we've got to we've got to make sure we're doing every week. And um, feel great about our receivers. Uh, really like that group. Um, we put a huge emphasis on blocking and. Um, you know, we feel like anybody can go out and catch the ball, um, but what separates us is our effort on the perimeter in terms of blocking. And 
Uh, and so I, it, it's good to see how those guys have come along through camp. Um, and then, of course, going to our offensive line, I think I'm probably most impressed with that group uh, and the way they have they have uh, matured and the steps they've taken. We're a little bit ahead of where I thought we would be just after having lost three seniors. Um, just very, very pleased with, with how far they've come along and um, just just couldn't be more proud of a unit altogether. And so uh, I look for them to continue to improve as the year goes on. Um, just, just a, just a very, very, uh, pleasing, um, evaluation of them so far. Coach Evans, you know, you guys played Briarcrest last year and that, and that your only loss, and obviously that's an out of state, uh, you know, a, a different, whole different deal than, than what you guys are doing week in, week out. But the reason I was bringing that up is just, just what that, what that did for your team, how, how that, how that was, uh, how, how that helped them, you know, what made me think about it was I, I know you and I both played with a, with a guy named Justin Curry. We called him Chevy. Yeah. Yeah. And Chevy played at Briarcrest. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I, I played with Tank Daniels, who's got a Super Bowl ring, right? Mm-hmm. Justin Curry was the best football player I ever played with. Wow. In all my career of playing football in high school, college. Yeah. He just wasn't a six four 250 pound linebacker right you know he was he was a he was a 510 nose guard <laughs> but in four years three three years or four years of playing with him i think he was two years younger than me i saw him you know you do one-on-ones in practice mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. you know and and like you know if you got a good if you got pretty good matchups you're gonna win about half lose about half right sure in the time i was there i saw him lose one rep against an offensive lineman. Wow. He was just yeah. that. He was just, I mean, he was just a dominant sure. football player. He just didn't have the D one size. So, yeah. But uh I can only imagine that Briarcrest probably had a lot of just really good football players, athletes over there in Memphis. Tell us so tell us, you know, going into that game, what were your expectations and coming out with it? What did it do to help you guys in winning another championship. Yeah, I would say uh, that game got put on the schedule. Um, the, the guy that's the head coach over there is a guy named Brian Stewart, who's one of my best friends. And he is, actually gave me my first job in Alabama. And um, he was actually there as an assistant with Hugh Freeze um, and actually coached Chevy uh, and coached Robert Towns. Oh, I forgot um, Robert was from there. Yeah. Yeah. Coached Michael Orr. Uh, and so he kind of, um, he, he, he understood kind of what Briarcrest football was all about under Hughes. Um, and so he leaves and goes to different places and he and I overlap in Alabama together. And anyway, uh, we stay great friends through it all. And so he was desperate for a game. And, you know, obviously from a size standpoint, that's, that's, that, that game makes no sense. Right. Right. I mean, right, right. Yes. Yeah, triple R enrollment and, you know, great tradition, all that sort of stuff. And so. Uh, I think the, the some of the biggest things it did is number one, it put us on a bus, uh, and it made us go to a place that we've never been. You know, there's no, there's zero uh, idea of what we're getting into in terms of the locker room situation. So that all has a very much a playoff feel. Sure. Um, I think the second thing is when you go and you you raise the caliber of football to that level, all the all the things as coaches and players that you feel like you've been getting away with 
and, and effort and scheme and, and, and little nuances, really, especially in the kicking game, to get exposed, not just with their athletes, but, you know, they've got a, a very large staff that, uh, where very few details are uncoached. And so it exposes your weakness. Um, but, you know, we were, we were going toe to toe with them in the first half. Um, now, we couldn't stop them, but they couldn't stop us. So we were swapping scores. And so there was an element of, of confidence. You know, there was a, um, a defensive end that's, that's signing with Missouri State on a, you know, my 215 pound tackle. Well, what an unbelievable matchup for him to have to go and, right, right. and, and figure it out. Um, and, and there was, there was that all across the board. You know, their the quarterback went to Kentucky for baseball. Um, or signed with Kentucky. I'm guessing he's rolling soon for baseball, and so that tells you kind of athlete he is. And, um, you know, had had a guy that's now playing corner at Tennessee that was a corner against us. Um, you know, so all of those, uh, all of those matchups, all of the coaching, all of the atmosphere, all of the drive, all put us in a very much a playoff situation, and uh, I think it exposed us. Um, but it, we also had just enough success, especially in the first half. That unraveled on us in the second half. We turned the ball over on some special teams and threw a pick. Uh, and so, you know, they, they in, a, in a shooting match, you know, possessions are uh, are at a premium. And, you know, it turned out that the game unraveled. But we had just enough success uh, to where it felt like, okay, we're, we're a good football team. Um, but we have some things that got majorly exposed. And not just talent on talent, but – uh, really coaching-wise. Um, and it was really good for our coaching staff to to kind of have our feelings hurt a little bit uh, and get some things exposed that, that maybe we knew, maybe we didn't know. But, you know, now now we have really, really teachable moments uh, of the things that are, that, that are going unaddressed that we all need to address. Right. That's awesome. Well, I wish we had 30 minutes we could sit here and talk, <laughs> but we, uh, we, we're going to – Put this in with a couple of other interviews in our podcast, and it'll be out here probably tonight yeah. if I can get it all done. Because okay. I'm we're, we're behind. We were supposed to do it <laughs> earlier in the week, and and uh, I got I got sick and was out for a couple of days. And so anyway, but hey, we appreciate you and your time, and we we wish you guys nothing but great success in this coming football season. We look forward to seeing what you guys do. Love what you're doing over, here, Coach. It. Appreciate right. it very much. Thank you. Thanks, Coach Evans. Bye. All right, we'll see. You. All right, Matt. You know, he it didn't disappoint. Like I told you, he, he, he's a he, he's a good guy. It's obvious to him that okay, he's hired to win football games. Sure, and that's what he that's what he wants to do. Yeah, but there's just more to it. Yeah, and you know, you know, getting to talk to him twice now, and it's apparent that that he understands his role there as not just a head coach, but as a mentor, and and he understands that the program is bigger than just him. And he, he really gets what's all involved in building the legacy there at Harding Academy. Absolutely. And and that's just it, too. You know, we – we one thing I'll say about them, too, because they're a private school. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's all the controversy about the sure. private schools, you know, how they get – you know, how – I won't say recruiting, but the 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 different rules, you know, that, that we go by. But with Harding Academy, it's different because – it's more of a legacy there. I agree. You're you're seeing kids of people that went to Harding Academy. That's right. I mean, honestly, a lot of these kids, they have the same last name of people that I played football with in college, and 
or or, or like like Duggar. So so Coach Doug or or Joe, Coach Duggar, uh, the Duggar kid that played last year, Ty Duggar. Yeah, Ty. His mm-hmm. dad's Joe, who's a doctor over there, right? Who played? I, I, you know, he may not have played, but I knew him yeah. when I was over there. Sure, he was he was he was a in that kind of age group, just a little bit ahead of me. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, t- he talked about uh, Reed Smith's nephew. Mm-hmm. I played with Reed. Reed was a heck of a receiver. Right. You know, and uh, so it, it's funny because they're, they're not they're not bringing in athletes from other places. They're just growing them. Yeah, and, and he's he's alluded to it as well as, as these kids grow up with that expectation and, and the anticipation – and excitement of wanting to be a wildcat, and and they've seen their parents and their their older siblings and their aunts and uncles be a part of that program yeah. for years and years and years. And I re- I remember even back in when I was growing up at Greenbrier, and I think we've lost a lot of this just as the as the size of the town has gotten right. bigger. But I remember going to games when I was a young kid and just. I knew every one of the football players. I knew their name. I knew their number. And yeah. I, I could not wait to be a Greenbrier Panther. Right. I just couldn't wait. Like, I I, yeah. I, I looked up to those guys. Yeah. Well, and, and Paul Simmons. Me and you were talking the other day when we were looking at Harding County's team. He's got a son, and, and Paul being the, the, the Harding coach, right? right? He's got a son that's a sophomore who started – as a freshman, yeah, every game, I believe so. Nine games, yeah. every it was a bunch. Yeah, as a freshman, and so it just, it just keeps going. That's right, and they're going, they're going to have to keep going. They've won twenty seven consecutive game in state games, yeah, and two state titles in a row. So the wow. targets on their back, yeah. And there's some good folks over there, yeah. man. I, I just know so many people over there, and really, really love and, and appreciate a lot of a lot of people over there. Yeah. Over there. But that conference is tough. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So I guess my job was to go through two, uh, the three A two, right? So I guess I should finish that. Newport, you know, they were nine and two last year. We had them. We didn't. I don't think we ever had them ahead of Harding Academy. No. We kind of Harding Academy kind of. You know, they were the returning champion. Sure. So prove me that you you can beat them. Yeah. Somebody's got to knock them off. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, but Newport, you know, all year long we thought that's going to be a big game. Mm-hmm. Harding Academy handled them. They did. They did. So you know, but but Newport finished nine and two. Uh, looks like they're going to probably be the second uh, again this year. Right. If you know, I mean, hey, if they're not the first, they're, they're going to have an opportunity to yeah. play Harding Academy. You know, as 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 he talked about, as 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 Coach Evans talked about, you know, he's got he's got a kid that was a, a great quarterback that, that graduated. So even though he's got another good one, probably right. more than likely, based on the historical facts, <laughs> uh, he's still got to prove it. Yeah. So, uh, but but yeah, right now we're looking at Newport at two, uh, Melbourne at three, uh, Yaleville Summit fourth. Uh, they dropped down to two A, uh, so they won't be in the conference this year. Mountain View uh, finished fifth, and Riverview uh, finished sixth. And um, actually, I think Salem finished fourth. But anyway, there you go. There's the teams. Uh, how how it's probably gone. Look, going into the season, and, and we'll see if Hard Academy can do it again. Yeah, it, it'll be tough, you know, just because And we talked about, I think, in our first interview, we didn't really get a chance to get around to it this year, but just what those kids and, and what the coaching staff have to do to stay on top of that mountain and how they approach that, and they just take it as a challenge. I mean, they, yeah. they look forward to it. It's tough, too. It's got to be tough, right? It does. All right, so that's our preview of 3A1 and 2, and then we're going to jump all the way down to the 3A5 um, just because we're trying to split these interviews up uh, evenly. And Which, we by have, the way, I get to make fun of you here in a little bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just go through your 5A. 
So 3A5 is a uh, tough conference in itself. Uh, you got one of the top-rated teams in the state in that classification in Prescott. And, um, you know, they had a heck of a year last year. Me and Junk talked about them all year like they were the team to beat Harding, you know, if they had a chance to play them in the finals. Um, but they ended up getting knocked off in McGee. Had some things happen there towards the end of the game that they just just didn't get it closed out. And uh, Coach Brian Glass talks to us a little bit about the heartache there and what happened. But uh, man, what a great guy! And he's yeah. loaded with talent down there this year. And I would not be surprised to see them make a run at the state title this year. Not at all. So let's go to that interview right now with Coach Brian Glass of the Prescott Curly Wolves. Glad to be on. All right, we're live here with Coach Brian Glass of the Prescott Curly Wolves. Coach, how you doing? Doing great, man. How y'all? Doing well, doing well. You know, the the Curly Wolves is one of my all-time favorite mascots in the state. I, I grew up in Mineral Springs, and so we played uh, we played Prescott my junior and senior year as a, non, a non-conference game. They were, of course, a, a classification ahead of us. But, uh, Coach, how's it going down there in Prescott? Man, yeah, you're right. It is a one-of-a-kind mascot. There's only one curly wolf. There's a lot of wolves, but only one curly <laughs> That's wolf. That's right. And uh, um, things are going great. Uh, we've had some, some good practice and some decent weather. We've been getting out there early in the morning and hadn't been hadn't been too bad on us. Kids are, are getting in shape and uh, just trying to get as many reps as we can, working on fundamentals, blocking, tackling, and, you know, just the basic football stuff that you do this time of year. Well, Coach Glass, you've uh, this, coming into your second year, you obviously have taken over a program that has had a, a great run as of late. Um, went 10-1 and one last year in your first year. So most would say that was a successful season, but I saw where McGee clipped you in the playoffs. Talk to us a little bit about that game. Well, you know, it was, it was one of those games where, uh, first of all, McGee had a good team, they had a good defense, and was able to kind of hang in there with us a little bit. Uh, we did get control of the game and had the game – to a two-possession uh, lead with, with a minute and 40 seconds to go. Uh, we uh, let those guys get down and score on us, and then they had an onside kick, and they touched it at about eight yards, and we just never really got a shot at recovering it, and we thought the game was over. We are going to get to take a knee, and they gave them the ball, and uh, they were able to go down and score on the next to the last play. With two seconds to go, they scored on fourth and goal and, and uh, beat us. But, uh, you know, we – Felt like we didn't play very well. We we had a couple of, uh, uh, I think we lost two fumbles and had about six drops. You know that uh, that that uh, you know we 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 were not happy with our performance by any means. And then of course you know when that happens, it ends up being a close game. And then you know you need need a call to be made and it don't get made. And, and, and next thing you know, you're beat. But, you know, we did have the opportunity to stop them after they did get the ball back, and we just didn't do it. Uh, the momentum shifted big time, and it, it was one of those deals that you, you could see it. Uh, it was Momentum is a real thing. And, uh, you know, it's simply a change in attitude. You can see their attitudes change for the better, and ours had kind of changed for the worse at that time. Coach, uh, you, you know – being from Mineral Springs, we we hated Murfreesboro, right? But but the, I don't know that there was any any rivalry in the state bigger than Nashville and Prescott, which that's not really so anymore because you're in different classifications. But you guys have right. a, have a, a really strong conference down there. Um, how yeah. do you think you uh, how do you how do you think the conference is going to look this year? 
Well, you know, it's uh, it's going to be tough. I think uh, uh, it, it's rated as the number one conference in 3A this year, and that's rightfully so. You know, we're preseason number one, and uh, uh, we've got center point with about – I think they've got nine and nine back, and they're ranked number seven. Uh, Jesseville's got a great combination of quarterback and tailback back. They're ranked number 11. And then uh, you've got Glenn Rose. You know, they're moving up a great sophomore class. Um, they're ranked 14th, I think. You know, in, in one of the one of the uh, uh, rankings, I know we're number two, and and uh, in another one. But uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, we feel like Bismarck's going to be much improved this year. Uh, their junior high team was real tough last year, and uh, you know we're going to have some tests. Aren't we we beefed our nine conference up a little bit. Um, we tried to get something worked out with Nashville, like you said. That that was a great rivalry. Oh, it back was day, huge. Back when I played, you know, it was, it was a huge rivalry when I played. But when we changed classifications, it, end, it just ended up uh, we had three big rivalries, and uh, it's, it's Garden and Hope. They're both 15 minutes on each side of us. And then our third one was Nashville. And uh, when the reclassification took place, we just wasn't able to work it out at that time. They had to keep the queen. That's kind of one of their blood rivals, you know. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. They kept them. It just didn't work out. So we, we were able to do it for a while. And then one year we got got off dates on it and uh, didn't work out. Just hadn't been able to get it back going. We actually talked about trying to do it this year. and uh, But uh, Coach Velarvich over there had, had guaranteed uh, two games with uh, Pleasant Grove. He couldn't get out of it. So we were able to uh, beef it up a little bit. We got another orange and black team, Newport. We're opening with those guys in week zero. Uh, that's at War Memorial Stadium on August 27th. And uh, the way we were able to do that, we're going to take our JV over to uh, Parker's Chapel uh, in that uh, week two date. Let's see, that is uh, September 10th. Uh, Parker stepped in last year when Lafayette County had uh, canceled because of a power outage down there last year, and we lost that game. And uh, Parker stepped in because they had an open date from a COVID deal, I think. And uh, and I definitely didn't want to leave them without a game this year. So they were nice enough to work it out with us that we could bring our JV down there. We were able to pick up a week zero game and kind of beef up our uh, our non-conference. So we've got Newport, Gurdon, who's going to be tough again, and then Hope, who's going to be much improved in the non-conference. So we, we feel really good about our schedule. We think it's going to be a tough schedule. Yeah, that that's a pretty stout uh, non-conference schedule. That's a, that's a, a really you know being ranked where you're at and, and coming off of the season that you have with so much coming back. It's good to have that much competition leading into your conference. You know, you're not you're not trying to limp into conference. You guys are coming full blast because uh, you've got a team that has a legitimate chance to really do something special this year. And we hope so. We we definitely wanted to, to have a tough non-conference schedule. That's why we picked that game up. And, uh, you know, Newport, uh, they're ranked number six, I think, and uh, number three in another poll. So they're, you know, super talented. They always are. They're physical up front and uh, lots of speed. So we think it's going to be a good matchup for both teams. I think we'll both win or lose. We'll both probably come out of it a little bit better. And, uh, you know, it probably won't have anything to do with with November and December, but it'll be fun, you know, for the fans to get the season kicked off right. Of course, it'll be exciting for the kids and coaches as well. 
Well, Coach, talk to us a little bit about some of your offensive guys you got coming back. I know you got uh, Mr. Poole taking over and taking the snaps this year, and then you got some electric playmakers like Jalen Hobson in the backfield. So talk to us about your offense. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Carson Poole taking over at quarterback. He's going to be a junior. So uh, we're looking to hopefully have two great years out of him there. He did a great job for us in junior high quarterback, uh, seventh grade. You know, he. Matter of fact, uh, don't think he's ever lost a game as a starting quarterback here. So uh, he uh, he's got some high expectations. Super hard worker. Uh, he's got good size, speed, good arm. Uh, understands things real well. Knows what we're doing on offense. You know, last year he started for us uh, at safety and uh, ended up making the uh, All Arkansas sophomore team as a, as a safety. So you know, he's a versatile guy. We're hoping not to have to use him a whole lot on defense. But, uh, you know, we may have to early in the year so we get everybody broke in good. But, but uh, you know, he he does a good job. He understands the game, and, and we're excited about it. And he's definitely got playmakers around him to get the ball to. Of course, it starts with Jalen Hobson, like y'all said. He averaged a new school record 13.3 yards per carry last year. That's, that is right. I didn't say that wrong. <laughs> he, really averaged, <laughs> he really averaged 13.3 yards wow. per carry. That's crazy. I I, never, I can remember uh, Jerry Fleming had the record from 1973, and my brother showing me that back years ago in the 80s. He's like, he averaged 9.7 yards a carry. You know, that's almost the first down every time he touched. <laughs> that's right. Well, then, Car you know, Carlos Van Hook Jr., uh, well, actually, Khalid Stewart, a, a great player I coached uh, back in 2014, uh, he broke that record. Then Carlos Van Hook Jr., uh, the year before we won one state in 2016, his junior year, he broke that record by averaging right at 10 yards there. And then Jalen does this. You know, I was like, there's no way it'll ever be broke. And he, he goes 13.3. It was unbelievable. <laughs> but he, he, he's so fast. He went 10 7 0 in the uh, prelims at the state track meet. You know, he won the 100 in state track meet. First kid I've ever had win the 100. All the state championships, he's the first 100 champion we've had. So. That's pretty he's, nice uh, to see a kid. Pretty nice to see a kid run like that when you know he's coming back in the fall, isn't it? I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, sure he is, and, and he's he's a hard worker. He's in shape, and you know he's not he's not very big. He's, he's one sixty five, but he's strong as an ox. He he squats nearly four hundred fifty pounds. He, he's super strong. Tell us about this. I know a Curly Wolf defense gonna have a lot of speed. Tell us about your defense. Yeah, the defensively, you know, we've got some guys uh, coming back up front. Uh, uh, in the box, we've got linebacker Jason Patrick, Jr. That's uh, our uh, assistant head coach and defensive coordinator. Been coordinating defense for us since 2007. Uh, my old high, our old high school friend, and he's also my old college roommate as well. So his, uh, his son, Jason Patrick, Jr., is coming back. He's got a bunch of tackles. they uh, got a chance to move up really high on our all-time tackle list, but uh, he's, his body has transformed the last two years as much as anybody I've ever seen. He's about 205. Uh, we got him handheld him at a 459, and he ran a 460 at a couple of college camps, too. So uh, he's benching 315. We're real excited about the year he's going to have. Uh, we've got Bayless Price back. He's our head basketball coach, also an old college friend of mine that coaches here. But uh, Bayless has hurt his knee. He's our strongest kid, benches 355, uh, but he's going to be out for a few weeks with this need. He's already had it repaired. He's mm. rehabbing real hard. So we're going to be without him uh, for sure in the nine conference, hoping to get him back for conference. Uh, 
but he's back up front. He's played a lot for us the last two years. Eli Kadera, another, he's an undersized defensive lineman. He's going to play some DN for us this year. He's been a three-year player. He's super quick. Uh, uh, Luke Cole up front is going to do well. He's been playing a lot, a lot of snaps the last couple of years. Then Caleb Harris, we didn't talk about many of our other skill guys on offense. Caleb Harris got a lot of Division One offers right now. He's our big tight end and wide receiver. He's six four, two thirty five. Uh, he's a uh, he's going to play some defensive end for us this year, so he's going to be kind of playing a little bit of two way stuff. Jacalyn Zachary's back uh, at slot receiver for the third year. He's like Jalen Hobson. I mean, they look like twins out there. They can both fly. Uh, he's uh, also going to play safety so that Carson doesn't have to play much safety. He's doing great back there. He's had a really good summer. Uh, we've got Omarion Dickens back for his third year at corner. Uh, and Omarion's also going to start at wide receiver for the first year. Forrest, he's going he's, he's to turn some heads out there. He's he's about 6'1", 180, and he can go. He can fly. Um, uh, Trey Dickens, his little brother, starting at outside backer. He started last year as a sophomore. He's also going to uh, play some slot receiver <clears throat> and also back up. Hopson at tailback, and then Brandon Bradley's a little junior slot receiver and running back that's going to do good things. Uh, we've got Rashawn Bell uh, working back there at uh, safety. Uh, he's he's going to do well for us. And then uh, uh, Jerry Glass, he's my nephew. He, him and the Tavern Thompson are holding down the other corner. They're, they're both having a great summer. And then Ty Dorian Thompson. Uh, He's playing the Mike linebacker position for us right now, and, and he's a he's a hitter. We've got a Caleb Harris, another. This is a 46-year school record. Clark Mormon, the only uh, decathlon winner in the history of Prescott. He was he was the punt record holder. I believe it was 43 yards of punt. Well, Caleb Harris broke that last year. He averaged right at 45 yards of punt last year. We got him back, and uh, and we're uh, we're we're excited about that. We we did lose Louis. Uh, Robidon, our all-time field goal and PAT kicker, but his little brother's moving up as a sophomore, so hopefully we're going to get him going. He's working at it pretty hard right now. That's awesome, Coach. Well, hey, we're out of time, but we really appreciate your time, and Coach, we really look forward to seeing you guys this season. We we know you're going to have a special year. You've got a special group there, and, and uh, we just hope nothing but the best for you, and, and, and the best of luck to you guys. All right, man. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Nice, Coach. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, man. We're back. So this isn't what I was going to make fun of you about. What I just realized what I'm going to make fun of you about is actually going to be on the next one. <laughs> but what I can make fun of you about is you still say Prescott. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's built in me, man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> but let me say, I'm going to say this about Coach Brian Glass. Have you talked to a coach this year? That knew more about his team, man, he, and you could just feel the excitement in his voice when he's talking about his guys. <laughs> like he was fired up. I talked to a guy this weekend whose uh, son's on my, my peewee team, mm -hmm. and uh, he 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 grew up with him, so he's friends with him, and uh, he, uh, he he raved about him. Yeah, I mean, really, really thought highly of him, uh, and uh, just uh, I told him I, I told him that I was like, uh, there's just uh, he just knew so much about his team 
when we talked to him. I was just really impressed. Yeah. And then I said, and I love his, he's kind of got that draw, you know, he's, sure. he's from Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say Prescott. No, he doesn't. He sure don't say Prescott. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, and we talk about this a lot, but it's just, there's something to be said for a guy that's grown up there. He's played there. He understands what it means to be part of that program and have that tradition. It just means more. Especially when you're in a place that, like a curly wolf that, that means something sure. to them. You know, they're the only one. That's right. And, to, you know, to us, people not from there, they're like, oh, that's cool. that's cool mascot. But to them, they're like, hey, we're the curly wolves. That's you know, right. And, and, and that's, that, there's a lot that comes with that. Sure. So they're looking to have another big year. My goodness, they are loaded with some athletes on that team. And uh, I look for them to make a deep run. They finished 10-1 and last year, uh, went undefeated in conference. Glen Rose is another team that will push them this year, as they do every year. Uh, Glen Rose is returning four on offense, three on defense. Uh, finished 11-3 last year, 6-1 and one in conference with that only loss coming to Prescott. And then you got Jesseville finished third, center point finished fourth with a good good year, 8-4. and four. Overall, 3-2 and two in conference. Bismarck uh, was fifth, Genoa Central at sixth. Then you had Falk at 1-5 and five and 1-4 and in conference. Didn't get to play many games due to COVID. And then Horatio had a tough season last year at 0-9 and 0-5. And and so that is a roundup of your 3-A-5. And that's that's uh that's good because uh, we're about out of time here. Uh, we've got uh, you know with these interviews, man. I tell you, I, I want to mention this too before we get up. Our what these coaches have done for our show, it's amazing. It, it is like we went. I, I was looking in the last month, right? So we've been doing this almost a year, mm-hmm. but we're on our second season right. because it's the second season of football. And in the last one month. Are we've grown fifty percent? That's amazing. Yeah, and you know it's because these pe- these people want to hear their coaches. That's right, and, and, and not just their the, the hometown people, but when you get people on here like uh, Chris Hill and, and Buck James, and Buck James, and, and you know guys the, that win at a Bowie high level. That's right. Everybody wants to hear about sure, them. sure. And you know we we've, we've talked and and raved about these guys and what they mean to their their towns and their communities. But man, the, the platform that these coaches have and the influence they have on these young kids, not only as their coach, but sometimes as their father figure. That's right. But not even, not even just their team, but their community and what they mean to their community. It's, it's big. It's a huge platform. Absolutely. And, and, and you see some that have been there for so long, and, and it's just kind of a, it's their identity, who they are. Sure. Obviously, they're more than that, but, yeah. but it is their identity. But it's also the identity of the program. That's right. So that'll wrap us up for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a preview of the 3A1, 2, and 5, and uh, we will preview 3, 4, and 6 on the next one. Catch you later. Next time. You've been listening to Between the Mats, your year-round source for Arkansas high school sports with Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox. Produced by Carl Spears. And special thanks to our sponsor, American Safeguard Insurance. I'm JB Brazil. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Between the Mats.